Hello and welcome to the Nutrition with Rebecca podcast. This podcast is designed to empower you with the knowledge to live a healthy and happy life. My ethos is sustainability and my aim is to leave you better than I found you. I am a complete foodie, lover of all animals, recovering perfectionist, with a passion to help many achieve a life of health and well-being. I hope you take a lot from this podcast and thank you so much for tuning in. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Nutrition with Rebecca podcast. You're joined by me, your host Rebecca, and of course my wonderful sidekick Edith. Now today I want to talk about the benefits of exercise outside of any of your body composition goals. Exercise has been seen as a way to quote unquote burn calories for too long and it's a really damaging and extremely unhelpful and unhealthy approach to be seeing your exercise in that manner and can have significant implications on both your exercise habits and your body image. Now the benefits of exercise far outweigh that of any calorie burn and the effects on long-term health are more profound than you perhaps realise. Now, some of the traps I fell into that caused me a negative relationship with exercise, trying to burn calories and going to the gym just for fat loss, seeking permission from eating by exercising, i.e. having more food on training days or having a cheat day. All of these had significant negative impacts on my relationship with food, my body and exercise and shockingly, I no longer do the exercises I did when I was in that mindset because I actually didn't enjoy it. The intent behind my action towards the exercise was restrictive and was coming from a place of shame, hatred and hurt. So I was not able to consistently adhere to that exercise because actually my reasoning behind it, my why, was through a negative place, through shame and through trying to just change my body image. I didn't understand the impacts that that would have both long term, but I didn't also appreciate how important exercise was. So this podcast is here to debunk some myths for you and to just give you a little bit of understanding around the importance of exercise to help get that in your day with more knowledge, with more compassion and then greater consistency because your tool belt was loaded up with the understanding of how this is going to really help you. So some of the myths. Do you need permission to eat by exercising? No, you do not. Do you need to train seven days a week? No, you do not. Is there an exercise that is best to do? No, there is not. Do you need to train um, in the gym five times and train for 60 minutes a day? No, you do not. Do you need to do cardio for fat loss? No, you do not. Now, if you've been in diet culture and fitness for some time, you probably associate exercise too closely with nutrition and cannot see the value either of these have in your life. Again, I know I didn't. And you perhaps rub them off against one another, i.e. only eating well when you exercise or only exercising when you eat well or vice versa. 
And these are issues that I've seen with a lot of my clients as well. And I'm here to help you separate these two elements, but have them both work with you and for you and both add significant value to your life. So as I said, exercise has profound impacts on the mind and the body and using it as a calorie burn is a red flag that really should be considered and is not going to help you long term. And those of us who can exercise are literally so privileged to be able to do so. And I think that's worth considering as well, isn't it? That we live in able bodies, that we have the ability to move our bodies and exercise supports long-term quality of your life. It's the one intervention cited in research that supports your aging and should be done as we age more so. It reduces pain, it supports mobility, it supports your mental health. And there is no one exercise that is universally better than the other. The exercise you undertake should be done for enjoyment and one you have chosen that you can consistently adhere to. And the importance of exercise outside of your body composition. So for many years, muscle has been associated with looking quote-unquote bulky in females and males having a quote-unquote six-pack. It's a very aesthetic and external reason for exercising. And with that, I believe that many now shy away from exercise. And of course, if you engage in exercise for your appearance, that's completely acceptable. However, outside of this, there are significant health benefits to exercising that go way beyond how we look. And if we just take a step back and look at the media and the portrayal of images, over the last like 50 years, the body composition changes have been profound, right? Marilyn Monroe to Kate Moss. Then we've got The Rock. We've got all of these people who are holding different phenotypes and then we associate that with how we feel we should be looking and then when we see ourselves through these tinted lens portrayed in society actually that can drive us so far away from engaging in things that are going to help us outside of our body composition because we hold this whole association with our actions being based on how we look and if you're going to the gym and you're actively undertaking exercise, that's gonna help with muscle mass, which is gonna support your health. And muscle mass doesn't make women bulky. It's impossible to be gaining a significant amount of muscle mass in a month, in three months, in six months. And if you look at the research behind it, on average, we build around 0.5 to 1.5% of muscle mass per month. But that's dictated by your energy intake. So you can lose body fat and you can build muscle mass at the same time if you are a beginner in terms of your training. However, if you are active and you've been training for three, five, six, ten years, you can't do so. So you have to eat in a bit of a calorie surplus to be able to build that muscle mass. But again, you're not going to go and build six kilos of muscle mass in a month and walk out of the gym looking like Dwayne Johnson. And again, there seems to be this fear around women holding muscle mass as if it is going to make you look bulky. And a lot of the times I hear my clients ask for a toned look. And what a toned physique basically is is losing body fat and building some muscle mass. 
So you've got the shape, you've got the changes that you're wanting to achieve, and it's not that you can tone a muscle, you can't do so. You can, however, create the stimuli within the muscle mass to build some muscle mass so it adapts to the new stimuli and you can simultaneously lose body fat, as I said, if you are a beginner. So why is muscle mass so important? Why am I talking about it? Because actually the depletion of lean muscle mass in humans, at the most extreme level, we see starvation and we see all-cause mortality. So protein is in a constant state of flux within the body. A muscle is a store of the essential amino acids of protein. Now I've gone into essential amino acids in great detail in the protein podcast. So I would recap on that if you're not really sure what I'm talking about before you take any further. But therefore, if there is not enough essential amino acids within the body from protein and exercise performance, the body breaks down muscle mass to obtain these essential amino acids for metabolic functioning. So following on from this, muscle mass helps support recovery from injury, illness, surgery, improves the quality of life as we age, better functioning of our bodies and supporting metabolic health. And alongside that, women who are aging, perimenopause, postmenopause, what we see is a reduction in terms of estrogen. So exercise becomes even more important due to the reduction in estrogen in females. So estrogen is linked to many roles within the body from liver to bladder to brain, but also muscle stem cell maintenance and functioning. Resistance training can help mitigate some of the side effects associated with a reduction in estrogen and therefore help maintain as much muscle mass as possible, which will contribute to metabolic health. And with the exercise, we see an overall increase in strength, bone mineral density, cardiovascular health, mood, and with a general reduction in many symptoms linked to things like hot flushes, sleep disturbances, depressive episodes and fat gain. So again, that retention of muscle mass is so important and it plays hugely into metabolic health. And with metabolic health, we have a tendency to focus on body fat and storage as the determiners of metabolic health and brush over the role of muscle mass. So muscle mass now is the biggest site of glucose disposal and exercise is an insulin-independent glucose clearance. So forgive me, we're going a little bit sciencey now, but again, the more knowledge you have, the more understanding you have, the better equipped you are to work through your behaviours, to incorporate activities that are going to support you long-term. So, briefly, in normal glucose clearance, what we see is we eat, insulin is produced. This signals glucose transporters, so think about these like little men within your body known as GLUT4, and they take in protein from the blood. That's taken to cell membrane, muscle cell surface, and glucose is used for energy as stored as glycogen. So that is how we normally clear glucose in our bodies. Now, if you have insulin resistance, what happens is the insulin resistance, the glucose transporters cannot signal from insulin. So glucose accumulates within the blood as it isn't being led to the cell membrane or the muscle surface. 
impairing the ability to clear blood glucose. Therefore, more glucose in the bloodstream, the body then pumps out more insulin to try and clear it, but leads to insulin resistance, a very damaging cycle that causes beta cells to produce insulin to fail, leading to things like type 2 diabetes. However, when you exercise, this stimulates muscle, which activates the glucose transporters independent of insulin, Therefore, muscle mass gives your body greater capacity to clear blood glucose and plays into positive metabolic health outcomes. Muscle mass is the biggest site of glucose disposal. So basically what that means is when you are resistance training, when you are creating the stimuli within the muscle mass, that is supporting regulation of your blood glucose and your insulin, which is helping your body and supporting your body through long-term health. So irrespective of how you look, irrespective of your body image, exercise is quite literally one of the most important things that you can do for your health. Its impact on fat loss is very small, but its impact on your well-being, longevity and quality of your life is huge. So The second myth around exercising just for fat loss. This is a big issue that I see for many people. We go to the gym. I'm going to the gym because I want to lose weight. But unfortunately, all the ducks are not in the right row before. So you go to the gym, you wind up not losing weight, and then you start to resent the gym, and then you don't get progress. In your total day, the gym and your exercise activity thermogenesis, which collectively makes up part of your total daily energy expenditure, which is how many calories you burn each day, just being alive and your general movement, the gym equates to 5%. So going to the gym, you literally burn 5% of your energy in the gym. Now, you probably sat there eye-rolling, thinking, well, Rebecca, my Apple Watch tells me I burn 500 calories when I'm going to the gym. They are inaccurate. They've been shown to be around about 60% inaccurate in a lot of the research. They're pretty accurate in terms of your steps, but not in terms of your calorie burn. So to give you a little bit more insight in how your body uses energy every day, we burn around 65 to 70% at rest. So that is your BMR, so your basal metabolic rate, or you may have heard of it as your resting energy expenditure. Then we have like 10 to 12% of what's known as the thermic effect of feeding, which is digestion. So your body breaking down food that you're eating, namely protein and dietary fiber. Then we've got your non-exercise activity thermogenesis. That's a fancy way of saying walking or gardening or cleaning or just fidgeting, like your day-to-day activity that is not planned. Then you have the gym. So when I said people go to the gym and their ducks are not in the right row, well, likelihood is they're not sleeping very well because many people don't appreciate the importance of sleep. They're perhaps not eating a diet rich in fruit and vegetables and getting enough dietary fiber in and getting enough protein in with each and every meal. And they're probably over restricting their intake. They're probably not looking at their movement outside of the gym as well. But movement in terms of mindful movement. So going for a walk without your phone, appreciating the functionality of your body, doing it maybe with a friend. So you're 
connecting with them, aligning with your values, and then going to the gym, but associating going to the gym with supporting long-term health. Instead, the intent behind the action, very much like I said at the beginning of this podcast, in myself, the intent behind the action is solely to change your body image. So you're associating going to the gym with fat loss, but then getting very little results. Now, that's not to say that going to the gym doesn't support fat loss. It does, but it shouldn't be used as the only way to lose body fat. It's not an ability problem for people to lose weight. It's simply governed by the law of thermodynamics. So it's energy in versus energy out. But the big element that is missed with that simplified message is this, human behavior. So why are you going to the gym? Do you appreciate what your body is able to do? Are you going to the gym for the right reasons? Do you understand the importance of muscle mass? Do you uh, understand the importance of longevity of your well-being? Do you know that it supports the quality and quantity of your life? And then your behaviour towards the gym becomes more compassionate, right? It becomes more mindful. It becomes kinder. Then all of a sudden, you start to be a little bit more consistent with it. You perhaps find your feet with an exercise that you really enjoy doing. That could be yoga. That could be swimming. That could be resistance training. That could be doing boxercise. Anything that you like doing that makes you feel good, that you can consistently adhere to, not just in your fat loss phase. Again, if you're just doing things in a fat loss phase and then the minute you achieve your goals, you lose the weight and you get to where you wanted to be, but then you stop doing these behaviours, it's not that 95% of diets fail, it's that 95% of diets focus just on what you're eating and just on what you're moving in your fat loss phase. They don't focus on the behaviour change intervention that is going to support you long term with giving you the knowledge, with giving you the understanding of how these actions are going to significantly improve your life and will support your maintenance, i.e. you losing weight and you sustaining that loss. Because Christ, You don't want to be putting yourself through a fat loss phase and then regaining the weight, right? But unfortunately, that's the path that many people follow. It's the path I followed for years, that yo-yo. And then every intent behind your action becomes very restrictive and it comes from a place of shame, hatred, resentment, guilt. And then actually, you notice that your diet, your exercise regime is not adding value to your life. It's not making you feel good. So exercise really should work for you. It should be something that it works in your life. It works around your commitments. So no, you don't need to go and train seven days a week. No, you don't need to go and spend 60 minutes a day in the gym. There was an amazing um, opportunity that I had in September last year where I met Greg Nichols from Lift the Bar. And he gave a lot of research and a lot of data behind the retention of the muscle mass if your commitments are a little bit higher. So when commitments are a little bit higher, perhaps like we've just come out of Christmas, haven't we? And you haven't got the ability to go to the gym like three times as you normally would. What you can do is train your full body and train your full body to a higher rep range to basically maintain the adaptation that you have created within the muscle mass to then maintain the amount of muscle mass that you've got. And the way in which it was explained was like just dimming the switch a little bit. So when you go into the gym and you're following hypertrophy training, you're in essence creating the stimuli within that muscle mass. So this is the process of increasing muscle fibre size. 
To do this, you need to have higher levels of muscle protein synthesis and lower levels of muscle protein breakdown. This describes a process of those muscle fibre sizes and exercise mainly resistance training, increasing MPS and reducing MPB. So when commitments are a little bit higher, all you do is maintain the adaptation. So you just reduce that stimuli down a little bit, train full body to um, an RPE of like 9 out of 10. And then what you're doing is maintaining that adaptation that you have created already and supporting the longevity of that muscle mass. Now, there are also other factors that need to be considered. So making sure that we're getting enough protein in. So protein is very important to ensure the muscle protein signaling alongside the uptake of the essential amino acids to repair that muscle mass, especially leucine. So leucine is one of the nine essential amino acids and that triggers muscle protein synthesis at around about three grams. Now that is found in around 20 grams of high quality protein. So when I'm giving out like nutritional information, I say try and get at least 25 grams of protein in with every meal. Now, if you're getting in 25 grams of good quality protein, you will have the uptake of leucine, which will help support your muscles. Now, recovery as well. So there must be adequate time to adapt before the next stimulus to be created. So it's like law of diminishing returns, isn't it? And then, of course, there is the performance. But if you are high with your commitments, then what we do is just dim that switch a little bit. But if commitments are reduced a little bit, then we've got greater chance to progress in terms of the stimulus. But again, you're not going to come away bulky. And when you're in a fat loss phase, it's really important to maintain the muscle mass within your body. So when you're in a fat loss phase, you're in what's known as a catabolic state. And with a catabolic state, this increases the risk of losing lean mass. Therefore, continuing with your exercise, with resistance training and eating protein will support the retention of muscle mass. So when you're following a diet that isn't rich in protein, when you're following a diet that isn't incorporating exercise and you're in a fat loss phase, you're likely losing lean mass. So you're likely losing muscle mass. So you go from being a bigger person to just a smaller person. And this was one of the things that I did for years. I wasn't focusing on the uptake of protein. I wasn't focusing on resistance training. I was simply just exercising however the hell I I thought I needed to exercise. And with that, I lost a lot of lean mass. And unfortunately, we've been taught in society to associate our success with scale weight. Now, scale weight doesn't show muscle mass and it doesn't show fat mass. Even if you go to a gym and they step you on a scale and you hold the machine, they are so inaccurate. Please do not take that as being fact. The only way you can see how much muscle mass you have got is by cutting yourself open. And nobody's here for that party, right? So... Bear in mind that if you are in a fat loss phase and you are resistance training, you may not see as much change on the scale weight, but that's good. Now, that means that you are retaining muscle mass and losing body fat. So fat loss is pretty linear. Scale weight loss is not linear. So outside of the scales, if you're in a fat loss phase, try using things like body measurements, because you may see that your waist comes down two centimetres that week, but the scales haven't changed because you may be suffering with delayed onset muscle soreness from your training, it may be your menstrual cycle, you may not have slept very well, all of these things that significantly impact the scale weight. Now, 
the research sits at around about 120 minutes per week. So that's just shy of 20 minutes per day. I don't want to sound disrespectful, but, and I know my commitments are pretty low, like I've literally just got a dog, but we have 1,440 minutes in a day. I advocate 30 minutes at least per day. So that could be like two 15-minute walks. That could be one 20-minute walk and a 10-minute training session. It could be a 40-minute swim. Whatever you choose to do, it is important that you're doing it for the long term. Like I said, especially in a fat loss phase. And your behaviour shouldn't differ massively from fat loss to maintenance. And finally, if you're thinking, Rebecca... This is all well and good. Thank you so much for all this information. I feel well equipped now with the knowledge around exercise, but you know what? I'm just not motivated. The key to being motivated with exercise is simply this. Don't rely on motivation for exercise. You're probably not motivated to go to work. You're probably not motivated to walk the dog. You're probably not motivated to do so many things. Because guess what? People are rarely, if ever, motivated. They do, however, have a clear understanding of why they are doing something. So you have a clear understanding of why you go to work. You have a clear understanding of why you do the food shopping and the benefits that come with the action that then aligns to your goals and values. So of course you go to work because you enjoy your place of work. It pays you monthly, which allows you to live a life of joy and purpose. So that aligns with your goals. It aligns with your values, right? So consider the long-term benefits of exercise. The very fact that it adds quality to your life, as I said, the metabolic health, the fitness, the mental well-being, it supports your aging, it reduces inflammation, it improves your mood, you have better sleep, you have a better libido, it reduces risk of chronic illness. And your why behind your behaviour can make or break your consistency and impact your long-term results. So reframe your why to the longer-term benefits outside of any short-term gain, i.e. fat loss. And like I said, the actions and behaviours you take in fat loss really should mimic that at maintenance, bar, of course, the amount of energy you consume. So working through behaviour change interventions is something that supports long-term sustainable results. It's not just about calories. It's not just about reps. Understanding your why. Why are you doing this? Showing up for your health, not just showing up for your body image. And a way to bring a little bit of discipline into your day at the minute with movement is to plan it. So I still plan in my day now, my walks and my training. I've done this for about six to seven years. I set myself time to do it because it's something I want to do for long-term health. So get a diary, plan it in, maybe plan in 10 minutes in the morning, 10 minutes in the afternoon to begin. But again, like I said, it's got to be consistent. It's got to be something you can adhere to. And if you're struggling to get exercise in your life, you're not sure what to do, I'll drop my details in the show notes and my coaching is there to support you through that behaviour change long term to have you show up as being the healthiest and happiest version of yourself. Now, I know that this was quite a big podcast. I know there was quite a lot of science in it. So if you have any questions as well about any of this, please do drop me a message. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you all have a wonderful day.